Next ayah. Garasikhuna fil ilm. They make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbana, O our Lord, la tuziqulubana. Do not deviate our hearts. Ba'da idh hadaytana. After you have guided us. Wahablana min ladunka rahma. And grant us mercy from yourself. Innaka antal wahab. Indeed, you are the bestower. So the rasikhuna fil ilm, they understand the value of hidayah. They understand the value of being rightly guided. So they pray to Allah that do not deviate our hearts. Don't let our hearts deviate. From what? From guidance. How? By following the mutashabihad. By pursuing the mutashabihad. By getting stuck in the mutashabihad. Ba'da idhadaytana after you have guided us, after you have shown us the way. Meaning after you have shown the truth to us, don't let our hearts deviate. You see, Rasikhuna fil ilm, who are they? Those who are firmly grounded in knowledge. And I mentioned to you the hadith, Wastaqama qalbuhu, and his heart is also firm. So, they're not just firmly grounded in knowledge, but they also wish to be firmly grounded in hidayah, in guidance, which is why they pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that don't let our hearts deviate after giving us guidance. Don't let our hearts waver. Keep us steadfast upon the deen. Keep us firm. You see, so many people, they misuse the ayat of the Qur'an. They misinterpret the verses of the Qur'an. And these days especially, you have one person saying one thing, another person saying another thing, and you wonder what is right, what is wrong. What should I do, what should I not do? So who is it that can really guide us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the rasikhuna fil ilm, they pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Oh Allah, you keep us guided. Don't let me get lost. Don't let me get astray. Because there is so much fitna. There are so many people who are struggling against the Qur'an. There are so many people who are struggling to misinterpret the Qur'an. To prove the Qur'an is illogical. To prove the Qur'an is something that does not make sense. So... In this, in the midst of this fitna, you keep us safe. لنا, and you grant for us rahma from near you mercy. Hablana is from the root letters wahaba, wahab, and wahab is to give something without expecting anything in return. And only Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, as the ayah says, innaka antal wahab. Indeed, only you are the wahab. It is only you who bestows. We see that when we give gifts to people, what do we expect? A gift back. When we give a gift, we expect that they must use that gift. They must not give it away to anyone, even if it's useless to them. We want that to happen. There are strings attached. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives something, He leaves it to us. Do whatever you want to with it. Use it, keep it, throw it. Be grateful for it Or don't be grateful for it But obviously What is it that Allah likes? Gratitude If a person is ungrateful For what Allah has given him Does Allah take away All the blessings from him? No But if it was left to us If we've given something to someone And they're not using it properly What do we want to do? Take it away from them Just the other day Somebody was saying about If we give a gift to somebody Especially someone who Lives with us Like a sibling And they're not using it properly what happens? We get very upset. So we say, I'd rather give it to somebody else. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives 
to us despite the fact that we are ungrateful. Because He is Wahhab. So grant us, give us mercy from yourself. Now the question is, what does it mean by Rahmah over here? What kind of Rahmah are they asking for? Rahmah over here specifically refers to Tathbeet, steadfastness, firmness upon the deen, firmness upon Hidayah. Because that is obviously a mercy of Allah. And mercy of Allah in the hereafter, in Akhirah is what? Jannah. So grant us from yourself mercy. In this world, give us the ability to understand and follow the book, to stay steadfast upon the book. And in the hereafter, grant us mercy as well by giving us Jannah. Indeed, you are the bestower. You are the Wahhab. We see that the Prophet ﷺ, he also used to pray for firmness upon the deen. For example, we learn about the hadith. Um Salma anha, she said that the Prophet ﷺ used to supplicate, Ya muqallib al-qulubi, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. O you who turns the hearts, make my heart firm on what? On your religion. Because sometimes it is other people who are telling us about wrong things which shake our faith. Sometimes it's the waswas of shaitan. And sometimes it is our heart. Our own nafs. So, يَا مُقَلِّبَ الْقُلُوبِ ثَبِّتْ قَلْبِي عَلَى دِينِكَ O you who turns the hearts, make my heart firm on your religion. So we see that we ourselves, just based on our knowledge, cannot remain firm upon hidayah. Whose help do we need? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. رَبَّنَا O our Lord, إِنَّكَ جَامِعُ النَّاسِ Indeed, you are one who gathers the people. Meaning, you are going to gather the people. For what? For accountability. For jaza'. When? لِيَوْمٍ For a day. Meaning, on a day. لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ There is no doubt in it. Look at the yaqeen. Look at the certainty. You are definitely going to gather people on a day about which there is no doubt. إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed, Allah. لَا يُخْلِفُ الْمِعَادِ He does not go against his mi'ad. The word mi'ad is from the root letters wa'aindal, wa'da. And what does wa'da mean? Promise. Mi'ad is a promise of meeting someone at a particular time. So it's a place and time of promise. So basically, it's an appointment. It's a time, it's a meeting that has been agreed upon. So, inna Allah la yukhliful mi'ad. What is the mi'ad over here? The day of judgment. Why is it called mi'ad? Because the time is fixed. The place is fixed. Nobody can miss it. Nobody can miss it. Nobody can be late for it. Everyone will be brought over there. Inna Allah la yukhliful mi'ad. Recitation. Rabbana la tuzigh qulubana ba'da idh hadaytana wa hab lana min ladunka rahmah innaka antal wahhab rabbana innaka jami'un nas liyawmin la rayba fihi innallaha la yukhlifu almi'ad why do they say this that innaka jami'un nasi liyawmin la rayba fihi you're going to gather the people on a day in which there is no doubt why did they mention the hereafter in their dua why because all matters are going to be taken to where the hereafter for final decision 
So in the dunya, people dispute, people argue, people argue about the mutashabihat, sometimes even about the muhkamat. But all of these cases, all of these issues will be resolved where? On the Day of Judgment. And each person will be recompensed also when? In the hereafter, on the Day of Judgment. So, you will gather your creation on the Day of Judgment and you will reward or punish them accordingly. Each according to his deeds. Each according to what he did in his life. Also we see that the word mi'ad has been used. When it comes to some appointment in the dunya, what happens? Either we're late or we just don't show up. Forget it. It's okay. No problem. As long as I don't have to pay any fine. If I don't have to pay a fine, that's it. I won't go. If I have to pay a fine, then I better make sure that I go. But the appointment of that day, nobody can miss it. Nobody can delay it. Nobody can run away from it. Nobody can avoid it. So those people who are busy disputing and arguing about the ayat of Allah, what are they thinking? You think you can escape that appointment? You think you can escape that meeting? No. Everybody is going to be brought there. So in it is a reminder for us that our focus again should be on what? On the akhirah. On the hereafter. Our focus when it comes to studying the Qur'an should be on what? What do I have to do? On the action. The focus should be on the action. And what's going to happen on that day? إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Indeed, those people who disbelieved. Meaning those people who disbelieve in the ayat of Allah. Either all of them or some of them. Because even in disbelieving in some of the ayat, what happens? A person's iman is incomplete. It is not acceptable. So those people who disbelieve, لَن تُغْنِيَ عَنْهُمْ It's never going to avail them. It's never going to benefit them. تُغْنِيَ is from the root letters غَيْنُونِيَ from the word غِنَى which means to be rich. And when the word is followed by an, it is to save someone. What does it mean? To save someone. So لَن تُغْنِيَ عَنْهُمْ meaning it's never going to save them. It's never going to defend them. What's never going to defend them? أَمْوَالُهُمْ Their wealth, plural of mal. وَلَا أَوْلَادُهُمْ And nor their children, plural of walad. So their wealth and their children are never going to save them مِنَ اللَّهِ against Allah. شَيْئًا Anything at all. Their wealth and their children. Why are they mentioned over here? Because it is the love of wealth and children because of which many times a person disregards the ayat of Allah. Because of which a person does not implement, does not strive to understand, does not strive to spread the ayat of Allah. It's the love of wealth and children. If you think about it, what is it that stops us from spending more time with the Qur'an? What is it? It's either our house, our jobs, our money, the things that we own, or it's our children. Because we get busy in them and we don't have time for the ayat of Allah. Yes, our wealth, our children, we are responsible for them. They are an amana on us. Especially as women, we have to look after our children. We have to look after the wealth of our husbands. As women, it's our responsibility. But isn't it our responsibility to understand the ayat of Allah? Is Allah not going to question us about the ayat? If he's going to question us about our children, is he not going to question us about his ayat, the ayat that he gave us? 
How much time did you spend on trying to understand these ayat? How much time did you spend on trying to implement these ayat? And once you understood these ayat, how much time did you spend on trying to help other people understand? Are we not going to be questioned about that? Of course. If we think that we're only responsible for our wealth and children, which we are, just this understanding that we should only be focused on our wealth and children, this is incorrect. We should also be focused on the ayat of Allah. For some people, their wealth and children stop them from believing in the ayat of Allah. For other people, it's their wealth and children that stops them from practicing the ayat of Allah, despite believing in them. For other people, it's their wealth and children that stops them from spreading the ayat of Allah. Remember, we are accountable for what we own. We are accountable for the responsibility that Allah has given us. And these responsibilities include our children and they also include the ayat of Allah. What did you do with them? Did you understand? Did you tell other people or not? So those people who disbelieve their wealth and children is not going to help them at all from Allah. They're not going to come on the day of judgment, Oh Allah, I kept them so busy, they had no time to recite your verses. No. They're not going to come to help you. They're not going to come to rescue you. We learn in Surah Al-Munafiqoon, ayah number 9, Allah says, Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu, O you who have believed, la tulhikum amwalukum, your wealth should not distract you. Wala awladukum, nor should your children distract you, an dhikrillah, from the remembrance of Allah. What is the dhikr of Allah? Remembering Allah, the Quran is also dhikr of Allah. So your wealth and your children should not divert you from the remembrance of Allah. وَمَن يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ And whoever does that, فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ It is they who have lost. Because on that day, they will not just lose their wealth, but they will lose their children, and they will lose everything they have. In this dunya, we keep away from the ayat. Why? Because we want to spend more time with our wealth. We want to spend more time with our children. On that day, they're not going to come help you. What is going to help you on that day? What did you do with the ayat of Allah? How much time did you spend with the ayat of Allah? That's going to help you on that day. So those people who disbelieve, their wealth, their children, will not avail them against Allah anything at all. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ وَقُودُ النَّارِ And it is they who are the fuel of fire. Now we see that having wealth and children is not something that is wrong. It's not something that is wrong. It's a part of life. It's a gift of Allah. It's a blessing of Allah. But when we prefer them over the ayat of Allah, whether it's believing in the ayat or whether it's following, whether it is trying to understand or helping others understand, when we prefer our wealth and children above the ayat of Allah, then that becomes a problem. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ وَقُودُ And they are the fuel of the fire. What is waqud? Few from the root letters waqaf that. And waqud is basically something that keeps the fire burning. As long as that particular thing is in the fire, the fire will continue to burn. You take that thing out, obviously the fire is going to extinguish. So as long as it stays in the fire, fire is going to burn. So they are the fuel of the fire. What does it mean by this? That fire will come out of them. They will be the fuel of the fire. As long as the fuel remains, the fire remains. How long are they remaining in the hellfire? Forever. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ وَقُودُ النَّارِ They are the fuel of the fire. 
كَدَأْبِ آلِ فِرْعَونَ Like the condition of the people of Fir'aun. كَدَأْبِ Ka means like. And the word da'b is from the root letters dal, hamza, ba. The word da'b is used for a way or a path that a person walks upon continuously. Meaning he walks upon it repeatedly. For example, you come to school every day, there is a particular route that you take every day. It's a da'b. It's a way that you go upon, that you drive upon repeatedly, over and over again. And from this, the word da'b is used for constantly doing something. To constantly be engaged in a particular action. For example, about the sun and the moon, we learn in the Quran that they are da'ibain. From the same root, da'al hamzabah, da'ibain. Meaning they are constantly in their rotation, in their movement, in their obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why the word da'b is used for the habit, the custom, the typical manner of someone. Because whatever you do over and over again, whatever you do repeatedly, what happens? It becomes your habit. It becomes your norm. You don't have to think twice. It becomes your typical manner. It becomes your way. So be like the way, like the custom, like the behavior, like the manner of who? Ali Fir'aun walladina min qablihim. The people of Fir'aun and those before them. What was their way? What was their manner? What was their behavior? What was the behavior of the people of Fir'aun? What did they do when Musa salam came? They disbelieved. They said, show us signs. Musa salam showed them signs. What did they do? They disbelieved again. More signs. Disbelieved again. More signs. Disbelieved again. Nine signs were shown to them. Nine signs. But still, what was their habit of disbelief? وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ And those people before them. Which people were before the people of Fir'aun? Ad, Thamud, people of Nuh, people of Lut, people of Shu'ayb, these prophets. Even their way was of what? Of disbelief. That the messenger came, told them about something. What did they do? They disbelieved. So, the behavior of the disbelievers is like the behavior of the people of Fir'aun and those before them. And what is that behavior? They disbelieved in our ayat. What are the ayat? Kauni or Shari? Whether they are the verses or they are the miracles that were shown. This was their behavior. And as a result, the consequence was فَأَخَذَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ So Allah sees them because of their sins. ذُنُوب is a plural of them. And what does them mean? Sin. Allah sees them because of their sins. Allah punished them even in the dunya because of their sins. So if you look at the ayah from the beginning, كَدَأْبِ آلِ فِرْعَوْنِ Meaning the way, the behavior of الَّذِينَ kafaru is the way of the people of Fir'aun and those before them. So in other words, if a person disbelieves, whether he is disbelieving in the 1st century, in the 15th century, the 21st century, or the 25th century, if a person disbelieves, his way, his manner is of who? Those ancients. He's so backward. He's so backward. His behavior is of the ancient ones. What did the ancient people do? The messengers came, showed them the truth. They said, no. And this is exactly what Alladina kafaru do. No matter which era, which time they live in.
And because this is what they do, they do exactly what the people of Fir'aun did. Therefore, what happened with the people of Fir'aun is going to happen with them as well. What happened with the people of Fir'aun and those before them? When they disbelieved, Allah punished them. Similarly, these disbelievers as well, no matter which time, which era they're in, what's going to happen? They're going to suffer consequences for their denial. Why? Because Wallahu shadidul iqab. Allah is severe in retribution. Iqab is from the root letters Ain Qafba, from the word Aqib. And Aqib is used for heal. And from this, Iqab is used for punishment that is a consequence of a person's wrong action. Allah is severe in retribution, meaning in penalty. When a person does something wrong, and if Allah decides to punish him, his punishment is severe. His retribution is severe. And a person cannot escape the decision of Allah. Recitation. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَن تُغْنِيَ عَنْهُمْ أَمْوَالُهُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُهُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ شَيْئًا وَأُولَئِكَ هُمْ وَقُودُ النَّارِ كَدَأْبِ آلِ فِرْعَوْنَ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا فَأَخَذَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَاللَّهُ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ You know the interesting thing is that many people think that if you claim to be an atheist or you claim to leave your religion or don't believe in any religion you're being very intellectual many people think that which is why we see that so many people they go to school with deen get higher education and they leave school without their deen without their iman and think it's a part of being very intellectual being very modern many people this is what they think the more they advance in their dunya the more they leave their deen but what does Allah say over here that anyone who disbelieves what is he doing his way is of the people of Fir'aun. His way is of not just like the people of Fir'aun, but even those disbelievers before. This is not modernization. This is not intellectualism. This is being backward. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Khaliq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your Rabb. And what He tells you, you are to accept it. And if someone does not accept it, if someone rejects it, then there are consequences for that. No matter which era he's in, no matter which time he's in, there will be consequences. Ayah number 7, in which we learned about the Muhkamat ayat and the Mutashabihat ayat. We see that those people in whose hearts is a zayg, is a deviation, there is hypocrisy in their hearts, or there is inclination towards falsehood, then what do they do? They misinterpret the Mutashabihat ayat. They focus on those verses to justify their beliefs, to justify their claims. Why? Because mutashabihat verses are worded in such a way that you could misinterpret them with the examples that we looked at. However, there are some people who also argue with regards to the muhkam verses. There are also some people who argue with regards to the muhkamat verses. Not just the mutashabihat, but also the muhkamat. And obviously, that is also incorrect. Like for example, sometimes the commands are very clear. They're obvious. But what do people say? They were only for the believers at the time of the Prophet This is not applicable on us anymore. 
or the Arabic text gives us one meaning but they misinterpret the Arabic text for example we know that the word darb actually means to strike and the word darb only gives a meaning of traveling when it's followed by fil ard yadribuna fil ard it only gives a meaning of traveling when it's followed by fil ard but what do some people do everywhere the word darb is mentioned even if it means striking what do they do they say that it means travel they say that it means move away so sometimes people also argue about muhkamat and what does that show the intellectualism of a person no it shows that he's not using his mind because the end of the ayah allah says wama yadhakkaru illa ulul albab it is only those people who have sound intellect who use their mind who focus on the muhkamat and who understand the muhkamat and mutashabihat properly correctly in their particular context so we see that if a person is misinterpreting the ayat of allah then he's not being intelligent at all intelligence is in submitting to the commands of allah not arguing with them let's look at ayah number 12 qul lilladhina kafaru say to those people who have disbelieved meaning o prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say to them that satughlabuna soon you shall be overcome tughlabuna is from the root letters ghayn lam ba from the word ghalba which means to conquer to defeat to overcome the other to gain victory over the other so tughlabuna you will be overpowered you will be subdued you will be conquered we will get the upper hand over you you will be prevailed upon wa tuhsharuna and you will be gathered together so satughlabuna you will be defeated you will be conquered where in this dunya and in the hereafter wa tuhsharuna and you will be gathered together tuhsharuna is from hashr what does hashr mean to gather together and basically it is to gather together and force people out of their homes and gather them together in one place which is why the word hashr is also used for assembling people for battle gathering people for battle so tuhsharuna you will be assembled against your will you will be forced out and you will be gathered where ila jahannam to the hellfire and will be entered into it وَبِئْسَلْمِهَاد And what a terrible place it is. What a terrible abode it is. The word mihad is from the root letters mim hadal. And the word mahd is actually used for something that has been spread. Why has it been spread? For example, a mahd is used for a cradle as well. So a bed that has been prepared for who? For a baby, for a child. So basically, mihad is a place of rest. It is a place of stay. It is something that holds something. Just for example, a cradle of a child, what does it do? It holds the child. The bed, when a person lies upon it, what happens? The bed holds the person. So, وَبِئْسَ الْمِحَادِ What a terrible place of rest it is. Jahannam is a terrible place of rest. Why? Because if you think about it, a person goes through the entire journey, through life a difficult hard journey then through the grave then through the day of judgment and then eventually where does he end up in hellfire and hellfire also what a terrible place of stay it is what a terrible place of residence it is why because there is no peace in there there is absolutely no comfort so what a terrible place it is now the prophet ﷺ was commanded to say this to the disbelievers why we see that 
When the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, who was in Medina? There were the Arabs and there were also the Yahud, the Bani Israel. And what did the Bani Israel do? They did not accept Islam initially. And we see that it has been said that the Yahud of Medina, when they saw the Battle of Badr, meaning when they saw the Muslims fight in Badr and be victorious at the Battle of Badr, they intended to become Muslim because they saw the victory of Islam. But then, when the Muslims went for Uhud and a battle that the Muslims had won, they lost that. Then what happened? The Yahud, they said, the Bani Israel, they said that this is a prophet who is not true. And so, they would intend to enter Islam and then they would decide not to. So the Prophet ﷺ was told to say to them that if you don't enter Islam while knowing that it is the truth, then be prepared for the consequences. Also we see, other scholars have said that this ayah was in particular revealed when the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina and after the battle of Badr, the Prophet ﷺ addressed the Banu Qaynuqar, one of the tribes of Bani Israel, and he said to them, O Jews, beware of Allah. Afflicting you as he did the Quraysh That look what happened to the Quraysh They fought against the Prophet of Allah And what happened to them? They were defeated So you should also fear Allah Because it's possible That the same thing happens to you So the Prophet ﷺ said to them Accept Islam You will know that I am a Prophet sent with a mission And you will find that to be so in your book and in Allah's pact with you. That when you see, when you know, when you realize that I am the messenger, then what is stopping you? As we learned earlier, it was only baghi, it was only jealousy, it was only envy that was stopping them. So after the battle of Badr, the Prophet ﷺ warned the Yahud, warned the Bani Israel that look what happened to those people who opposed the messenger of Allah. Do you want the same thing to happen to you? Fear Allah and believe in His Prophet. But it is said that the Jews, the Bani Israel, they responded that do not delude yourself, O Muhammad. Just because some naive fools and simple people have entered into your fold, should you ever fight against us, you will test our mettle as men of valor. Meaning then you will see how strong and brave we are. These people whom you fought and you've been victorious over, who are they? Simple people who don't know how to fight. If you ever fought against us, then you would know that we are strong people. When they made such statements, then the Prophet ﷺ was told that say to them that if you continue in your disbelief, despite recognizing the truth, despite knowing the truth, then be prepared for the consequences in the dunya. And what are they? That You will be defeated. And that's exactly what happened with them. وَتُحْشَرُونَ إِلَىٰ جَهَنَّمَ And in the hereafter, there is greater punishment awaiting you. So basically, this is a warning for all those people who disbelieve in the Messenger of Allah. This is a warning for all of them that there is consequences in this world and also in the hereafter.